Thanks for listening to English Go podcast. To listen without advertisements or to read episode transcripts, visit englishgo.co.uk for more information. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. I'm James, and you're listening to Egogo Easy English Podcast. This podcast is for people who are studying English, but maybe find television or films a little difficult to understand. If you can't understand every word or grammar point in these episodes, then please don't worry. If you practice listening to English every day, you will naturally become able to understand what I'm saying. Let's begin. A bit of a weird title for today's episode. Uh, do you need to speak? Um, so let's uh, clarify that. Let's explain that a bit more. I actually mean, do you need to speak to learn a language? But of course, that title's a bit long, so I shortened it. Um, I think this is quite an interesting topic, an interesting thing, because the most popular way of learning a language, the way that you will be taught in a school these days, or college or university or wherever, language school, I don't know, um, is part, part of that learning process would involve speaking. Maybe quite a large part, actually. Um, even in beginner classes, it's not uncommon to learn a few basic phrases and then practice those phrases. And I certainly remember from tales that my language learning friends have told me, um, friends who have been studying, studying English, um, that a lot of time in their class was spent practicing speaking um, with other students who were learning English. And this is interesting. I think this is interesting because my opinion 
on this matter is that you don't need to speak to learn a language. You don't need to practice speaking. You don't need to practice writing. Both of these things are output. You're producing something, you're making something. I think you only need input. I've seen people learn a language um, who've only used input. So, you know, listening and reading, those are input. You're not outputting anything. You're just consuming a language. Using a language. Now, the, the strange thing is, a long time ago, um, in England, I don't know about other countries, um, when learning Latin was very popular, this was the way people studied languages. They read Latin. They didn't try to write Latin so much. They didn't try to speak Latin so much. They spent a lot of time reading, a lot of time studying vocab, a lot of time... Well, I can't say listening. People didn't really speak Latin back then. <laughs> I suppose they might have been listening to the teacher. But it was mostly reading-based study. Um, quite different from the study of today. So, I, I was quite surprised to find this out, by the way. I only learned about this maybe two years ago. And uh, then things changed. And why did they change? They changed in order to make it easier for the teacher. So, if you focus everything around tests, you know, if you mark people's ability on tests, so can you know, like, a, can you point out the error in this sentence, the grammatical error in this sentence? Can you write a grammatically correct sentence? Then you've got something to mark, haven't you? Whereas, if the question is, can you understand roughly the meaning of this sentence? Can you understand over 80% of this sentence? That's pretty difficult to mark, isn't it? How do you mark something like that? Does someone just say yes, and then you give them a mark? How do you test someone's um, understanding of a sentence? It's difficult because understanding isn't concrete, it's not absolute. So, for example, I spend a lot of time reading uh, in Japanese. I don't understand 100%, uh, but I understand enough to enjoy the content of the story I'm reading. Obviously, I'm making progress in my studies to be able to understand whatever percentage I do understand when I'm reading, but how do you mark, you know, someone's 80% understanding of a sentence, or, um, sorry, a sentence or a story or whatever? You can't. So things changed to make it easier, better for the teacher, but not necessarily better for the student, I think. Fortunately, these days, uh, self-studiers people who are self-studying a language um, are able to share their processes more easily with everyone else thanks to the internet. So before we only knew about one way of studying, which is the way 
the schools want you to study, but now we can find out about many ways of studying. And one that seems to be quite popular amongst self-studiers is known as immersion. Um, that basically means you immerse yourself in a language, the language you're studying, uh, by doing lots and lots of reading, lots and lots of listening. I don't think there's any real focus on output, on speaking or writing. And uh, thanks to the internet, um, we can see evidence that this method actually works because there are numerous videos or testimonies, like people's experiences uh, posted on the internet. And uh, in such videos, people often explain that they focused on listening, they focused on reading, they didn't really bother <laughs> to speak sometimes, they didn't have the opportunity to speak sometimes, they didn't have people uh, who spoke the language they were learning uh, to speak with. And in some of these videos, people say, I was studying for a year, year and a half, two years, I didn't speak, I didn't write anything. Now, some people will hear, hear that and they'll think, wow, what, what on earth are you doing? All that time studying and, you know, you can't, you can't say anything, you can't, <laughs> you can't uh, write sentences, you can't write anything. You know, completely shocked. I mean, I, I remember telling people about how I study. And uh, they say, don't, don't you practice speaking? No. Well, you must, like, write or something. No, just listening, reading. And they would look at me like uh, I'm completely insane. And uh, <laughs> obviously they thought that what I was doing is never going to work. And uh, it is... This is going on to a bit of a different topic. But it is a bit discouraging when people meet you with such scepticism, such doubt um, that what you're doing is going to lead to success. Uh, you just have to push on, ignore what other people are saying, and believe in your uh, chosen method, I guess, when this happens. Anyway, um, those examples aside, where people have studied in this way, let's take perhaps the best example we can give, uh, and it is the best because we've all done it before. First time we learned a language, our native language, we didn't speak and we didn't we certainly didn't write. Um, we listened maybe for two years, I don't know, maybe between one or two years, sometimes three years, I guess. Uh, maybe if a child is very late at speaking. Um, and they pick up certainly the fundamentals of a language, the basic um, building blocks. Um, they have a, a, a solid listening ability before they even start speaking most of the time. Obviously, they can't understand, you know, children can't understand. Young children, yeah, <laughs> not just children. You know, around two or something. Can't often understand uh, very complex sentences because they aren't that 
what do I want to say? Um, ed educationally mature? Is that is that a thing? It is now, okay? <laughs> uh, developed, mentally developed? That will work, I suppose. Yeah, so the young, the immature. No, the immature is wrong. Wrong, wrong sense. Let's just go with young, okay? <laughs> Messing up my words today. Um, yeah, they're young, so they can't understand difficult uh, subjects and stuff like that, but they do have solid listening abilities by that age. And when you think about that, you know, the way we all learn a language, the need to uh, speak to learn, the need to write to learn, sounds a bit weird, sounds a bit questionable. I think that speaking and writing are ways of practicing what you have learned. Learning comes from listening and reading, but practicing what you learn, that's speaking and writing. Now, it's not true to say that you can't learn from speaking and you can't learn from writing. I mean, let's take for example, let's say you're pretty advanced, right? So you're 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 good, you're pretty good at speaking already. In that case, um, the more and more you speak to other people, the more conversations you have, the more words you can learn from them, the more phrases you can recognize and start to remember, that kind of thing. But you've got to be pretty advanced um, before you can really learn from someone just by speaking. And when it comes to writing, well, it's even harder to learn when you're writing, I think, because there's no one to... There's no native uh, checking your work, really. You know, it's just you. You alone, with your own mistakes... At least when you're talking to another person, they are giving you native, uh, a native example, a perfect example of their own language. But when you're writing, it's, it's just a, a, a foreigner, <laughs> a stranger of that language, trying to uh, make their best, make a best attempt at doing it. So I think. I think I'd have to say writing was probably the worst way of uh, learning a language, yet they still insist that we do it in these language schools and language courses and whatnot. Funny, isn't it? Anyway, hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and maybe, maybe you'll uh, wait your studying, so you'll put more emphasis, you'll put more importance on, um, listening and reading and see if that changes anything hope you have a lovely day and I look forward to speaking to you next time bye bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening until the very end of the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give my podcast a rating, or if you have the time, write a review. It's a really nice way of letting me know you enjoy these episodes and encourages me to make more of them for you. Thanks very much and have a lovely day.